Well, this is kind of more of my heyday starts because I was born in 1981 and uh, my dad went to the School of Visual Arts. And growing up, there was a whole pile of, you know, Starlog and uh, comic scene, those comic book magazines. So like as a kid, I was like the weird kid who already like at the age of four was like, I don't know who Frank Miller is, but he sounds amazing. And there's this electric character. So this is one of my heydays. And your first pick on our list that we shared was Dragon Ball. So talk about Dragon Ball for us. Yeah. So I know this is comics through the decades, but we can't mm-hmm. talk about comics without talking about manga. So, you know, we have to we have to go into all of comics, right? Sequential <laughs> art as a whole. Super important to to not just look at what's coming out in the United States, but to look at the entire world and specifically Japan. Dragon Ball, I think, you know, we know how popular the anime is and still is to this day. Um, But the original manga is still like super, super relevant, super well done. Uh, One of my favorite series of all time. And I've got the entire series in like these big editions that one of them is in the background (laughs) here. But, you know, it's just, it takes it takes some inspiration you know obviously the the origin of goku is similar to superman but the story goes in a completely different direction and i don't know what else to say about it than if you haven't read the original dragon ball it's much different than dragon ball z so there's a lot more comedy there's a lot more down to earth stuff it's not you know constant battles in outer space it's a lot more about the characters so that's why dragon ball is one of my uh 1980s recommendations you know, I'm going to throw in, I'm not really the most uh, well-read manga person, but I'm going to throw out my recommendation on that is Lone Wolf and Cub. That I love that. It's just the story of a rogue samurai taking care of this small infant slash child. Like, it's the basis of so many great things, whether it's Wolverine in the 80s, or even if you look at The Mandalorian with him, you know, having Grogu as his foundling and just protecting him at all costs and crazy. Yeah, it's, it's such good stuff. Yeah, there's so much groundbreaking material and what's interesting about it is that these are you know so a lot of these have been uh, single vision right like a single creator has worked maybe with assistance but for the most part you're getting the original vision of this creator the entire way through so in unlike superhero comics in the united states where a writer and an artist may be paired together for a short amount of time or you know it might be a writer with a whole list of artists in this case you're usually getting a solid team for the entire story mm-hmm. or you're getting one person giving you their mostly unfiltered vision, which I think is admirable and something that I think American comics needs a little bit more of. Yeah. That's like uh, so much like, again, using the 80s example, it's like, have you ever read Howard Jenkins' American flag? I actually have a volume in the back here in my <laughs> wasteland of an office. So, so that's a perfect example of it. He has such a unique vision, such a, like a, like a story he's trying to tell in that, if that shifted to someone else for even an issue, it would have fallen apart. Yeah. You know, creators are what make all of this go like the Mm -hmm. IP and the stories and the characters. That's what people are attracted to, but it's the creators that make it all happen. There is no storytelling. There is no comics. There is no artwork without the creators. So knowing that you're going to get the full vision and the full story from these creators that's the stuff that really stands out to me the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great kind of transition to Watchmen, which enough has been said about how important Watchmen as a series is to the world of comics. If you haven't read it, you should. If you've never read comics, I don't recommend it be your first because many people recommend Watchmen as like a first comic to read because of how important it is. I actually think you should check out some other stuff before you go into Watchmen because it deconstructs 
a lot of the superhero tropes. It deconstructs a lot of what came before it. And I think that reading any and all other stories first helps you under, understand why Watchmen stands apart. No, totally. And again, I hate to fly my American flag flag again, but Chaykin did it first with those cool uh, TV screen paddles with the narrator to help uh, move the story along. And you see a lot of that in Watchmen. You also see a lot of it in The Dark Knight Returns. One of the things I always found interesting about Watchmen was that uh, Alan Moore kind of originally pitched it as a weird reboot one-off story for all the Carlton characters like Blue Beetle and Captain Adam. So it's kind of interesting reading that through that filter and saying, oh, well, this is technically supposed to be Johnny Thunderbolt. And, you know, and I wonder that, like, if they were given, okay, well, these are the characters that we need you to use, or you can you can use these characters as opposed to creating your own, would it be as impactful as it was? Because it's kind of, it's its own story. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's a, it's a great what if. And I think DC has tried to explore those types of things and, and take some of those characters down a grittier path in their own storylines when you had Max Lord, spoiler alert, kill Blue Beetle back in the <laughs> crisis. And you it's almost a, 20 years, Ron, I think. Yeah, we're... so it's fine to go over it now, but there are moments where they've tried to replicate it. Mm -hmm. They've tried to use Captain Adam in a specific way. They've tried to take these, uh, you know, stand-ins, the, the ones who were going to be the original characters and then got replaced, and try to put them into these darker storylines. And I just I think... It could only have worked as it worked. I think Watchmen stands alone and I wouldn't want, I don't, I don't want people to go and touch it, even though they've gone and touched it a lot. Did you uh, like the last Watchmen series on HBO? I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it could have been something entirely different. I thought I didn't, I don't mm -hmm. think it really needed the Watchmen name to kind of exist and, and function. I think you could have done your own, like we were just talking about. I think you could have done right. your own uh, storyline on that. Uh, I see there's a great question from Melissa H in our chat. Yeah. And if anyone's watching, feel free to throw out your questions here. Melissa's question is, what is a good first comic book or series for someone who hasn't gotten into comic books yet? It's a fantastic question. And I think it is a different answer for every person. I think mm -hmm. it depends on what are the types of TV shows that you like? What are the types of books that you like to read? What are the, your favorite movies? And if you can find a series that is, similar series that has you know certain storylines that are kind of analogous to that that's a good path to go on i don't think there's a one size fits all but i do love dragon ball <laughs> i think it's a good thing too is because there's so many different styles art wise like you know visually which you see first let alone getting into the different writers and how you take it is that there's there's no wrong answer for it. it's what sticks out and what you connect with like you could show the same artist to two different people and they could have wildly different opinions on it Absolutely. So much of it is up to personal taste. But when I used to work at a comic book store and somebody would come in and they were looking for a recommendation, what just what I said before, you know, what are the TV shows that you're watching? And so there was mm -hmm. stuff like Why the Last Man or Saga or Fables or stories that are not necessarily superheroes, but are, you know, one set beginning, middle and end feature so that you can kind of get people into this, the rhythm of understanding how to read a comic and then falling in love with the story after that no good question and you know i'm gonna throw out a, another 80s recommendation here uh from uh no i'm sorry it's for your, your next point so i'm not gonna spoil it okay so what's next on your list ron next on my list is crisis on infinite earths which we went from i'm saying sometimes superhero stories are not the best introduction to i think this one is so important because of the impact it had on the american way of telling stories in superhero 
if you look at what's happening right now uh into the spider-verse and spider-man no way home and the flash all these films that are coming out right now and they deal with the multiverse and they deal with multiple versions of characters and that sort of thing crisis on infinite earths was really one of those big big moments in comics where they put all the different characters and the different versions together and they just had a ball with it and they even did an adaptation for this with the cw's uh dc shows but crisis uh you know amazing storytelling amazing artwork by george perez it's just one of those things where in the moment it was huge and then the effects that it has going forward where they are still trying to capture that magic they're still trying to go back to that moment and try to have that same uh same significance that the series had yeah george perez's art on that was unbelievable like there's so many background characters that are so beautifully rendered like it's I don't know. I, you could definitely make an argument that that's one of, if not his greatest visual works. So I'm going to grab the oh. absolute edition. Okay. Which is right <laughs> there. So hold on. Hold on. This is the absolute edition of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is the entire story arc in oversized hardcover format. And, you know, like you said, I mean, the artwork is incredible. The level of detail that he put into each page, the fact that he made it through this when this is what sometimes the spreads look like. I mean, look at all the panels, look at the amount of characters that are going on in here. It's just, it's truly, truly incredible. And I don't know if it's a feat that'll ever be matched. uh, No detail in this. And like with like that detail, the fact that there were no delays on it, like he, they hit their marks, everything shipped on time. And there was a couple double issues in it too, just to, you know, move the story along. It's just, you know, there's there's nobody else like him. That's why he's a legend. Yeah, no, no, he was uh, definitely one of the great ones. So on another, rec- the recommendation that I wanted to that actually segues better into Crisis of Infinite Earths was, have you ever read the uh, the Keith Giffen era Justice League with J.M. Donatus and Kevin McGuire? There's a couple other people, but they were the big three. And I love that after, so DC Comics had this big Crisis of Infinite Earths was to help relaunch their, uh, their line. And Justice League, the premier superhero book, wasn't allowed to use any of the primary tier characters. So it felt like in a lot of ways, like a, a modern comparison would be the boys, but without a lot of the vulgar and crassness, like oh, it's yeah. a dysfunctional group of superheroes. It's very clever. It's very funny. Everyone's imperfect, but not in a way that again, they're loathsome people. They're just a mess. Like Booster Gold is constantly trying to find ways to monetize being a superhero. Guy Gardner is just a, well, he's just a bully and everyone knows it. <laughs> you know, there's Ice and Fire who are, just odd and they don't fit in like there's just so much great stuff in it and like you can read it like i know that gets discounted a lot because it does rely a lot on the humor but there's just so much like poignant character work and stuff and it's great that they i mean at one point i think they had what three titles because there is there is you know justice league america justice league international justice league europe and uh, other supplemental things and it just so much great stuff came out of that yeah that's one of my favorite series i've got i think the entire run and trade paperbacks on my shelf back there Keith, you know, the, that's, again, one of those things where they, they brought it back. They did a Justice League International series right after Brightest, right during Brightest Day, in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, one of those things they keep trying to capture. Uh, I can't believe it's not the Justice League. I think they had a series. But yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just the humor and the heart of the characters. They were able to do a lot with when you have these big stories, with these big monolithic brands, right? Like DC has to keep Batman or in within a certain range. They can change him every once in a while, but eventually he goes back to a kind of version that all of us can recognize. 
what they're able to do with stuff like you know JLI is they're able to take these lesser known characters and really give them lots of development and change aspects of them and dive deeper into them than you would have with you know the main the main trilogy the main trinity or you know right some other bigger character which i think it's the character stuff that really draws me in these days but yeah oh i know but like even how they could take a mundane concept like or not really like, or just odd so there is a two issue story arc where booster gold and blue beetle wind up trying to open up their own timeshare business on a tropical island which turns out to be a living monster and like like, again, in theory, these plot points shouldn't make sense and shouldn't work, but they use, like, a funny concept backstory for a lot of development. And uh, can I show you something of Keith Giffen's that I found here at East Brunswick Public Library that I didn't know existed? By all means. Okay, so this is my, uh, <laughs> this is my hidden pick that I've been swearing by. Have you ever read Keith Giffen's Legion of Superheroes run from, like, the late 70s, early 80s? I have not. I didn't even know this was a thing. I was looking for something in the collection to help the customer, and that was on the shelf. And I said, what is this? And uh, yeah, it's really cool. There's some awesome art from Dave Cockrum in there too. It's, yeah, I mean, Legion of Superiors was never something that I was interested in. But again, Keith Giffen is a creator that I respect a lot and love his works. It's like, okay, I'll give it a try. And now I want every bit of it. So check that out, everyone. Right on. Yeah, you know, the last one that I have for the 1980s is Secret Wars from Marvel. And, you know, there's a movie adaptation coming in the next couple of years. We don't know mm -hmm. if it's going to be on this original story arc, which came out in the 80s, or the more recent 2015 Secret Wars. This is a beloved crossover event, not so much for its story, but because of the things that came out of the story. You had the appearance of Spider-Man's symbiote suit. You had a lot of changes going on with the heroes and the villains interacting. It was just, as a kid, it was something that was, I, I love to just read over and over again. The idea of taking all the heroes and villains and throwing them on a planet where they can just fight and have this giant battle like that's cool that's like throwing all your action figures on the ground and then making a story as you go so secret wars is you know a personal favorite since when i was a kid so i had to include it oh no no definitely it's a great one and like being a little older than you it's being a kid in the mid 80s when that like when that dropped which is really weird saying oh yeah like it's not a album but uh but it was the big tie-in of it was there was the teletoil and line they had these three and three quarter inch like figures all the marvel ones they were super durable and uh, like, yeah, I mean, it was one of the most successful comics of all time because it was started out of a marketing push. It's like, how are we going to sell more toys? It's like, oh, well, let's do this super crossover that's going to change all this. It brought us the black Spider-Man costume. Yeah, which I can see that first uh, for, right here in the back. Very nice. Yeah, I got this when I was like 15 at main, uh, MC Comics in uh, Old Bridge. Uh-huh. So... You know, it was like, oh, yeah, it's only 40 bucks. I'll pick it up. But 40 bucks when I was 15 is a lot, you know, when, right. when you don't have a job, that's a lot of money. <laughs> but it's definitely worth it. Like you said that Black Spidey symbiote suit evolves into Venom at some point. There's also Secret Wars, too, but nobody really likes to talk about that because it's not as good. Not as good. There is the one scene where the Beyonder learns how to use a toilet. But yeah, know, and I think it's mostly forgettable. It, it is forgettable. Although if you want to spend some time going down the Google wormhole, the first issue of it was originally written and written, I would say, drawn by Sal Bashema, and then him and Jim Shooter, the Marvel writer editor, had some falling out, and so he was pulled from it. And like the art on that, which is really good, and it kind of pained me that it didn't go in that direction. So not that Al Milgram slouched, but you know, <laughs> you know, pal what Sal. could have been? I did. I actually I love Sal's stuff. He did a lot of uh, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, and uh, so that's. 
I really have an affinity for his for his artwork. I like how like his style, like he was clearly like from that classic Marvel 60s and the 70s, but like he was still getting regular work into the mid 90s and he knew how to adapt his style just enough to make it fit with like the current trends, but not seem like he was forced, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.